To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The woke movement is not what people think it is. It's not wokeness at all. Instead, it is a human society that has fallen into yet another pothole of both the ego and unconsciousness. Teal Swan. Hello, and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be the Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSY over the years. We're thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit btsy.com. That's btsy.com. Every dollar counts and we'll use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We bought broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Sharanya, and with me today, um, hosting the show, is Ruhani. Hello, I'm Ruhani, and today's show is all about the woke movement. In segment two, we'll have sh- me sharing my views on the woke movement and talking about the upcoming Moraga Fair. In segment three, me and Sharanya will be having a discussion about community activism. So, I'll be talking first about what woke really is, and my take on it and a little bit of some woke authors that I've been blessed enough to read and get myself to know. So woke is a term that you've probably heard over sites like social media and many, many other places. For once I heard today at school, my teacher asking me what woke was actually because um, someone wrote in their essay, oh, this um, person was really bad to racism because they weren't woke. So what does woke actually mean? So over time, woke has become a term of bringing up the struggles and not ignoring the struggles that were made by the oppressed. And especially in the history of the United States and obviously many other countries, many uh, minorities have faced extreme racism or extreme suppression. And being woke is a movement that embraces all of that and shows that they're not alone in this fight. And to be honest, I don't agree with this movement. And before, before, um, that I just want to say that I agree with embracing the struggles of minorities. I agree with making sure everybody's voice is heard. But what I don't agree with is what the woke movement has become. Over time, being woke has, as I, as the quote said earlier, it's become this like hotspot of ego and a hotspot of just like outdoing each other. And soon everything is just all cluttered together in the woke culture. It started off as a very um, simple thing, something that um, embraced everyone and made um, many big issues come into spotlight, such as many social inequalities like sexism and then racism, homophobia, and many other things. But soon it just gradually became this toxic environment and it didn't uh, focus on helping people anymore. It was more about who can outshine each other. So um, 
over time like being woke suddenly became a joke i know for sure like at school or many other places i've witnessed so many people making fun of the term woke or being liberal liberal and woke are different things but many people just say oh i'm i'm woke so i and make fun of the problems that there is by saying i still accept this and i think that's what turned um this woke culture into really toxic um culture it it lost its empathy it it's it's now a hashtag that you use anything you say or anything you see you suddenly put a hashtag on it hashtag woke hashtag um i represent other people but your posts don't really mean it the hashtag woke has been seen to be used for views and many other um things just for attention and that's obviously disrespecting the actual meaning of what woke means and i think we should not make woke being a culture that it has become like cancel culture we should make it into a movement more than a culture it used to be a movement but now it became a culture a movement helps things progress and culture helps retain stuff and right now we need more movement as um we've seen all around us there are so many things going on pertaining to racism sexism and homophobia that we need to work on so I think instead of focusing on being woke per se, we should focus on being respectful, respectful to everyone, no matter who they are, what their background is, what attributes they might have that don't align to society's perfect ideal. So I think that's what the definition of woke should become, because from 2010s, during the 2010 era, it, it was to embrace people, but now it's just become use it for clout and attention and now i'm going to be talking about my favorite woke authors per se but i wouldn't say that they're my opinion of woke now they've actually worked and gone beyond the horizon to work for these minorities that they need to represent so one of my favorite woke authors per se is toni morrison unfortunately she's no more with us but her magic and writing will always stay with me I think more than her writing, which was her writings like spectacular. If you read a sentence, you'll be engrossed with it. Um, but her oration, I love her oration. The way she speaks, it's so eloquent. And she, she used to get to the point about what she needed to say. I remember we were doing the slavery unit in school, which was personally a very hard to understand topic for me because it was so so brutal the way um many african americans were treated in this society and it was just such a hard topic for me to grasp and we were watching a video on one of the pioneers and one of the most incredible people in u.s history ida b wells and Toni Morrison was speaking about her and the power that ran through her voice was so chilling and that chill, it like made you feel like you needed to do something. Even if it happened years ago, you still feel like you had to step up and make a move. And that really, that video alone changed me as a person because I obviously want to do something. After that, hearing that speech, I was like, wow, I really need to make a change in the world just like her because um Toni Morrison just brought everybody's um years together and actually conveyed a united message instead of scattered one that many orators tend to do my second favorite woke author is Sherman Alexie now you probably read Sherman Alexie in the part-time life of an Indian American or a little or little essays in school but Sherman Alexi is a pioneer in his own way, and he has done so much to help his community, the Native Americans. And um, there were many allegations against him, but I think his writing is one of the writings that entrances you. Um, I remember reading the part-time um, Indian novel, and I was like, did he really write this? It had so many emotions inside of it. 
the title, The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, that diary part, it was so um, beautifully preserved, that name, because it actually was a diary, the diary of the struggles of everyone. And Sherman Alexi tries to incorporate his childhood into every single book he writes. And when I was reading his memoir, I noticed how he talked about um, his life as an Indian and how he had to go beyond the odds to prove himself to society. And that's what being woke means. Telling people what you know and what you can represent about that minority and making a change. And there were so many different aspects that I couldn't relate to, but he made me feel like I could. And that's why I love Sherman Alexi's writing. And my third favorite woke author is Amy Tan. Uh, I learned about Amy Tan in fourth grade and I wanted to learn more about her. And her most famous novel was The Joy Luck Club. And it was even adapted into a film and so much more. And I'd say she's one of the greatest Asian American writers here today. Because everything from her essays and short stories and novels, there it shows how much it hurts and how much you have to go through being a first generation immigrant. And that's another minorities that's often left to the side. And Amy Tan struggled a lot in life and these struggles were so evident in her writing. There's something so strong in that writing and um, concrete because um, when she was 15, both her older brother and um, her father died of brain tumors. And she took in all these losses and made her a stronger person and took up the community that she was part of to make a change. And I think that's what being woke means. So today I wrote a poem about the toxicity of what woke culture has become now. It's called The Fight for Change. Fighting for us is what spews off the tongue of every politician. It is a fight for us, a fight we shall never forget. Change always comes as a fight. Either it is real bloodshed or emotional pain. The damage lies in the hands of the mere collaterals, unable to make a change. They sit there getting hurt on and on again, for positive change has been a fight as well. Fight till the end. Fight till you drop. Why is it that we always resort to war when we're hurt? Why don't we embrace? Why don't we speak out? Can't rage and anger take a backseat sometimes and let the real words out loud? Thank you. Wow, Sharanya, that was really inspiring. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. But make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I will be talking more about the woke movement and the upcoming Moraga Fair. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to hear your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at bethestarur.org. You can get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today, our show is about woke culture, and right now, I'll be talking about my personal experience with wokeness. So, wokeness is a very interesting topic to me. I guess the first time I 
like internalized its meaning was during the 2016 election when I was like in the sixth grade. And I think that's when I got really engrossed by politics because politics felt like they were getting more mainstream and controversial. Wherever I looked, there was something on the TV talking about Democrats are Republicans. And at the age of 11, I was especially enthralled by feminist movements. I remember there was this ad um, from like this Indian flower company. And in the advertisement, there was a father-in-law who ordered his daughter-in-law to not make the bread stale. And he said it in a very demeaning and degrading tone. At 11, I was able to recognize that it was actually very misogynistic and sexist, pushing these gender roles that um, at the age of 11, I found very uncomfortable. So that's when I started to get involved in like some sort of action. I made this petition on change.org to shut the ad down or at least have the channel um, that I discovered the ad on not air it. So I emailed that channel and they ended up responding they apologized um, for any like um, offense caused. And I don't think the channel I contacted aired it again from my knowledge. I don't know, it's been a while, but at least I think it was pretty cool that I got a response. And I think wokeness not only defines my generation, but it defines the 21st century in a lot of ways, especially the time period we're in. I. I'm pretty sure that the police brutality protests in 2020 played a huge part, but I believe everything that's happening right now was a long time coming. Um, history shows that civilizations become more progressive as time passes on, and there will always be controversy around progressiveness because it threatens the power um, of certain people. So it's been an issue again throughout history. But right now, um, I want to share how exactly wokeness impacted the 21st century. So number one is pretty obvious. It's greater awareness of social justice issues. So obviously we have brought more attention to issues of social justice and inequality, which includes racism, sexism, homophobia, and ableism. And this has led to increased activism and advocacy for marginalized communities. It sparked very important conversations about how to create a more equal society. And I do think we are in our most progressive society yet, but we still have a lot of work to do. And it's easy to take a very um, US standpoint from this view. Um, when I think about like marginalized communities, I usually think about of them in the US, but that's not true actually. Um, as time passed on, I was very um, starting to get involved in marginalized groups in India because I am actually, or my parents are, a marginalized group in India. We're a religious minority of six and we're a minority here also, but in India, it's different because there's a lot of like political tension. And there has been since 1984 when there was actually a genocide against my people. And since then, I've really tried to stay informed about the topics because the current um, party that rules India, the BJP, is not a party that I feel like aligns with the views of my family. So I've been very interested by that. And another thing um, is changes in language and representation. So this is very important. So I just read the book 1984 for my English class and they place a huge emphasis on language, how shortening language actually makes populations more submissive because without language, there's no way to really speak out against discrimination. And wokeness has led to these changes in how we talk and how we represent different groups of people. So obviously this has included the adoption of more inclusive language. Um, you might've heard of using they as a gender neutral pronoun. And there's also, I feel, been a lot more representation of marginalized communities in media and entertainment, which has also led to a lot of controversy. I feel like I've talked about it on the show before, but there is this huge scandal about the upcoming live action movie of The Little Mermaid, where they made um, Ariel black instead of white as it was an animated film. So that's just one example of how things kind of blow out of proportion in today's society. Something as simple as like a live action movie becomes this political token because some people feel uncomfortable with more representation. And I also feel like because of wokeness slurs or any discriminatory word have become much less tolerated these days. 
Um, an example I thought of was just like 10 years ago, the ableist Arsler was honestly able to be used in casual conversation. Like I was watching this early 2000s movie. I forgot which one, but they would spew it out every two seconds. And now I'm quite sure there would be some backlash behind it because people, especially of my generation, are more informed about this really, really discriminatory history behind the word. So I am a firm believer in that the more we are informed, the more empathetic we will be and the more respect we will give to all groups. Um, number three of how wokeness has really defined the 21st century is critiques of traditional power structures. So wokeness has challenged these traditional structures um, like white supremacy and the patriarchy, obviously more um, diversity and inclusion in all areas of society. So this will naturally lead to increased scrutiny of authority like the police, the government, and even the media. A lot of um, calls for reform and change. Again, we saw that with the 2020 protests, it was as if you know, the entire country was involved and the world got involved also. It was kind of not just one, obviously um, George Floyd's death sparked it, but it was not just George Floyd, it was everyone who had come before him. And unfortunately, everyone who came after him, um, I'm not sure if you heard, but the 16 year old boy, um, Ralph Jarl, I believe his name is, was actually shot um, by this man when he knocked on his door. He had come to pick up his twin brothers and he'd come to the wrong house and the man shot him behind the door. And he is um, survived, but obviously there is a lot of recovery coming his way. There's a lot of support for him and the man has gotten arrested, but just goes to show how easily racial profiling can happen and how dangerous it is to sometimes just exist as a person of color, especially a black person in America. And another way that wokeness has kind of, you know, been such a defining part of the century is political polarization. So a lot of divisiveness in a way with some people seeing wokeness as a threat to traditional values. Um, we see that with the amount of book bannings, you know, bannings of drag shows, all this stuff that we hear about going on. Others embrace it as a necessary step towards progress. We kind of see this division between blue states and red states. Even abortion has become this huge political issue, which I find very, very interesting. I genuinely believe that this idea of like abortion rights and not having abortion is just a wedge issue to divide people even more because 65% or more Americans actually agree with abortion. But we hear about all these like, quote unquote, pro-life protesters simply because it's getting pushed by these people who want to retain power and use it as an issue for their election. And this political polarization has led to really intense debates and disagreements about the role of the government. We saw that with the last um, presidential election. Um, there's also the limits of free speech and the future of our country. So very, very increased emphasis on Democrat versus Republican. I feel like even more now than it was in 2016. And of course, the infamous cancel culture and backlash. We've all heard of it. We've all heard about the outcomes of it and how easy it is to become a, a victim of it. So wokeness has been constantly criticized for promoting cancel culture or the practice of boycotting or shaming, publicly shaming individuals or organizations for perceived wrongdoings. And this has led to backlash from so many people, including political figures with people arguing that wokeness is stifling free speech and creating not just a culture of um, diversity as they claim, but a, a culture of fear and intolerance. Um, this I feel like is a very complicated issue. It's definitely not just black or white. Like I do feel that some victims of cancel culture probably, I mean, if it comes to issues like sexual assault or extreme racism, I feel like the cancel culture is justified. But then of course we have this issue of, especially for like, if you were like racist in your past, can you change from that? And that is again, very nuanced and something that's an ongoing debate. I do feel like some people can grow up in ignorance, but there's some extents of racism that cannot just derive from ignorance, it's from like real malice. So again, it's very, very complicated these days. And a lot of people might be questioning, what do we do about all this stuff? And personally in my life, how I try to incorporate wokeness is, 
really just by listening to the problems of other people, other minority groups, and trying not to get involved in like niche arguments about political correctness. For example, some things online or not even just online in like debates in the house are blown out of proportion to make certain groups look more radical, like leftists um, than they actually are. And I personally just like to align myself to these issues that are important to me. And I would rather work towards a collective cause rather than waste my time arguing with like people on the internet I say that because when I was younger, I thought this was a way to go. I thought this is how you could change people's minds is by being very active on social media and promoting my political views on there. However, now I feel like social media is definitely a place to stay informed, but it really won't leave you quote unquote woke as Shrania was pointing out in segment one, real wokeness takes research that takes reading about history and knowing what you're talking about. You can't just spew stuff and advocate for stuff without actually knowing what it's actually about. And I know it can sometimes feel frustrating because you feel like there's really no tangible change, but listening to groups, reading about them and understanding these issues, um, especially that these issues are where certain officials want schools not to teach about them is a change in itself. Like you are actively defying people by researching about racism, about the history of America, so I feel like literacy um, is the most important skill one can have because it's also how we can read the news and gather facts from that. And literacy leads you to have empathy, which is the greatest cause of change. And this leads me to talk about the Moraga Fair, which is going to be on April 29th in Moraga, California at the Ream Shopping Center from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. So as you know, this incredible radio program, Express Yourself, is sponsored by Be The Star You Are, which is a great nonprofit that focuses on youth literacy. So at the Moraga Fair, there's going to be an awesome amount of activities, such as doing seed planting and egg gardens as a metaphor for planting the seeds of literacy. And for younger children, there's going to be very exciting opportunities like a reading circle, a craft circle, a book signing, and free potpourri and cookies. So make sure you stop by with your little ones to teach them the importance of reading and empathy at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And BTSYA is also leading a shoe drive for micro businesses. And the shoes we collect will be kept out of landfills. Instead, these shoes will be repurposed with the new life. And then they will be shipped to micro entrepreneurs, mostly women in developing nations who sell the shoes in their community to help lift themselves out of poverty. This just creates job opportunity, job opportunities and commerce globally. So make sure you get involved and check out BTSYA social media for more information. Unfortunately, that's all the time for you I have for this segment, but make sure you stay tuned because me and Sharanya will be discussing wokeness further and make sure to visit our website at expressyourselfteenradio.com and make a donation to BTSYA. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about wokeness. I'm Rohani, and I'm here with my co-host, Shrania. And before we start our discussion, I want to share a poem I wrote in seventh grade about double standards between men and women. And I was like going through my Google Docs and I found this. And I've definitely improved as a writer since then, but I feel like the message still stands. And when 
when I read this poem, it kind of reminds me of a time when I first started getting involved in movements that were important to me. So I would just like to share it very quickly. Here we go. He can tell people what to do, call out people with a booming voice, with casual arrogance, and he'll make it to the top because this is what makes a leader. This is called being assertive. She tries to tell people what to do, attempts to call out people with a booming voice, with casual arrogance, and she won't make it to the top because this is what makes a know-it-all. This is called being bossy. He can express his attraction, make jokes, chase after girls, and everyone will laugh because this is normal. This is cause called boys will be boys. She can't express her attraction or make any jo jokes, chase after any boys. They need to chase after her and everyone will agree. This is called girls conforming to society. He can be relatively shirtless or his pants can be three inches below the waistline. He's just being dumb and foolish, but she can show one strap of an undergarment or her shirt can be showing her navel. She's just being indecent because when she covers up, she's a prude because when she shows her body, she's immoral because when she loves herself, she's overconfident because when she tells the truth of abuse she's been through, she just wants attention because when she says she advocates herself for women's rights, she hates men. But the truth is she hates the inequality, hates the double standards that plague the world around us. She's been raised to act a certain way ever since her birth, but it needs to end. We need to stop making a world where she has less of a worth. That's it for this poem. Wow, that was such a moving poem. I know um, you mentioned that you discovered feminist movements in 2016, but how involved did you become with all that? Yeah, so like when I think back to this poem, I kind of wrote it in response to something that was actually going on in my school. We had this very, very big issue about the dress code because um, girls would constantly be called out of like class while for like, like I said, like showing a strap of like their like tank top or something like that. But for guys, um, they would be like wearing very like saggy pants and stuff like that and they would get away with it. So I think that's when I started to realize these kind of, microaggressions um against women and when I was 11 I saw that misogynistic ad and I tried to get involved by shutting it down but I think um the way that I've grown since then and really educated myself was researching about the feminist movement and watching a lot of informative documentaries because there's actually different feminist movements um personally I align cl most closely closely with intersectionality and how about you? When did you get involved with researching these kind of um, woke movements? So I don't know. I think along the lines, I started reading like some articles on CNN when I was like 9, 10, 11, somewhere there. But like during the, it was something about, um, I think it was about mass homophobia in um, middle schools and how the rates of like, bullying went higher and how people were trying to advocate but along the way of that advocacy it soon became this searching for attention in twitter kind of thing and i was looking through the post the other day and um i don't know something just like ticked inside of me i think i got involved in wanting to represent people and making their voice heard when i was like nine when um I saw so many people that were suppressed with the race in um, movies, books. I, un I fortunately didn't have to see it in real life because where I live, um, I'd say it's a pretty, it's a pretty accepting neighborhood, but I'd say that um, learning about this through media kind of changed me as a person. And I was like, I just have to do this. I have to say something about this because being quiet, it's like, it's almost worse than actually doing it. So that's how I got started. And the thing you said about um, dress code, that's like a big problem in our school too. Because um, girls will come into school wearing like spaghetti strap tops and like shorts. And then when boys will wear tank, like, like kind of jerseys with, um, 
which aren't that two finger rule and just like shorts they won't be said anything but then the girls will get a dress code so it's still like an ongoing going problem in our school too and I know one of our teachers yelled at a student because the girl had her hair down but then that was one of the worst reasons ever because it was never listed in the dress code anyway but Moving on, how do you think kids today can get involved with the woke movements? Yeah, I mean, like you said, just from looking around in the media, that's like the first place to start. Um, the dress code, like I mentioned, was like the first like real thing I saw in front of me that I was like, wow, this is just really unfair. And I, too, um, have grown up in like a pretty accepting area, like the Bay Area in California, which is very diverse. It's kind of a bubble in many ways. People say because it's so diverse that you might not feel like a minority, but when you step out of the Bay Area, you'll probably feel that more. So, I mean, getting involved with woke movements is, I feel like in this area, a lot easier because there's in my school, like there's so many like clubs I joined, like to help people of, you know, like, for example, I was part of Best Buddies, which was to help kids with um, special needs and autism. And I also joined um, the GSA, which is the Gender Sexuality Alliance. So like getting involved with at school is a really great place to start. And another way I feel like is writing, like the poem um, about like this poem I wrote was like, I felt like I was making a difference because I got to pre present it at the talent show. And then I got to talk to my principal about it. So it felt like I was making like this very, tangible change occur. And even things like the Moraga Fair can just lead to getting involved in such movements, because I do feel like literacy is the backbone of all the change that can occur. And that needs to start from a young age. So definitely, if I ever have kids one day, like I want them to get involved in things like that, just become respectful people by interacting with a lot of people. I feel like um, the pandemic really isolated a lot of kids and that makes me feel really sad like these elementary school kids who couldn't really have normal kindergarten or first grade and or second grade years and that really stunts your growth because you can't if you can't talk to other people how will you grow to accept them and I'm glad that things are opening up so we can really have this face-to-face -face interaction that we all desperately need and um, are you yourself involved in community activism? I'd say I, I'm trying to get more into it but like this show is definitely one way I say what I believe in but then I get contact with like other clubs in our school and I'm part of the student senate in our school district so um in the student senate we talk a lot about how we can make lives better for um the students of a certain minority because I know for sure like the school I go to it's very like concentrated with one, like one race, but like, so there's not much differentiation. And like right now, I think more slurs and more stereotypes are getting used um, as like, and that's what we're trying to work on in Student Senate. And I'm also part of the Teen Council Ambassador Program. And we're trying to make these, um, assemblies for students where they can talk about what they feel and what they need to say out loud because I know for sure that um talking like speaking out is something that's really shamed in middle school they're like oh my gosh you said that um that's such a lame thing to say and soon social reputation prevails over wanting to say what you believe in. So we're trying to like, I'm trying to help create these forums where students can actually give ideas. Cause I know for sure many administrators want to stop this, but they don't have ideas that can embrace the students. Mm, yeah, that is really smart. And when I was in middle school, I was also involved in like the student body. And um, that's definitely one way is that like we, we used to make these forums to ask students what do you really want to see happen? Like what issues are important to you? And um, I remember like the top three was like the dress code and it was like having a, like a sanitation machine in the girls' bathrooms. Um, and I think the third one was like school lunches, which was like out of our control. But the first two, I really tried to focus on. And when I got more into high school, I was 
less involved in like the actual like school affairs, but kind of gravitated towards more things like express yourself, which was like more broader. And I got to, I feel like connect with more people in a way. And a lot of writing I did was based off of like my beliefs and it's definitely shaped me a lot. I feel like if I didn't read as much as I did, I wouldn't have the views that I do right now. And I feel like um, reading and writing is really just like the best way to become like really woke. Like I know you said that woke has kind of become watered down and like not really what it used to be, but I think real wokeness is a thing that we should all embrace. So do you think you've written like that poem you wrote? Do you think you would love to write more things about wokeness in the future? Yeah, I think definitely because um, I don't know. I found myself um, that I don't know how to represent people because there's that always that um, little voice in me that goes, are you representing people who want to be rep who need representation properly through your writing? And I think that's something I struggle with. I don't know exactly what to say sometimes. So I'm like caught in this conundrum. I don't know if I should say it or not, but I definitely want to write more about it because um, I want my poems to like have this gravity towards these social issues that are going on now. And like this generation is in charge of stopping because we're obviously the generation that's going to become adults in the future of the next generation. And um, we need to like make a change in our own way. And I think writing is a good medium for that. I totally get what you mean about not knowing what to write sometimes because it can feel like overstepping if it's, especially if you're not in the group that you're writing about. And that's why I feel like it's important to like read and interact with as many people as you can. So you can really take in viewpoints because sometimes it's better to listen than to like, just you know kind of represent without really knowing what's going on and I feel like um that's why when I was like in high school I wanted to get more involved in my own like minority like um for example like I brought up before um my parents are sick and I really wanted to understand like what were the issues that impacted my family not just here but like back in um, India like and what are some ways I can write about that and learn about it because where you come from is obviously very important too. And um, stepping up for your people is also just really important. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because um, I think being Southeast Asian, I think I sometimes like being Indian, like in my neighborhood, in my community, it's like the majority of people are Indian, but I think still when you go out when especially like recently I went to like like many different states and then I saw how there's no representation for people like me if you know what I mean like I was just looking out and I couldn't you know relate to anybody and if I like look into um big industries like Hollywood I won't really find any actresses or like idols that are like me because most of them are super underrated I think the second Maitreyi Ramakrishnan became this very big um idol for people I think I really connected to her because she was Indian and I was Indian too and I finally had someone to look up to and go into field that wasn't stereotyped for non-Indians Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Never have I ever the show that you're talking about, like the one she was in. It's definitely like the best representation we've gotten so far. Of course, it's still flawed because there's like, I mean, the issue with representation is that like, it's no, it's not like a monolith, right? Like everyone's stories are different. So some people I remember, like they didn't like Never Have I Ever because they felt like the main character wasn't they felt was like not accurately representing them but others felt differently so it really depends right that's why we need like more stories so they can talk about everybody you know yeah um I think we need more stories but I personally haven't watched Never Have I Ever but like I saw my Trey Ramakrishnan's interviews and I think they actually like connected with my personal belief so I was like oh finally someone else but um there's another show called Miss Marvel. I think that was pretty represent 
competitive as well, but I don't think it really provided that kind of solace that many people need, that there's like someone else that can save the day. And I think something that I really don't agree with that actually happened in the Oscars that they, um, the dance was not to not do. And um, over there, they recruited many dancers who were really talented, but I don't think it really represented people because they weren't of Southeast Asian heritage. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that too. And that was, I felt like kind of unfair because obviously this dance was from India. So it made more sense to have like Indian dancers. And also India is so huge. Like there's always like this divisiveness in Indian communities about being from South India or North India or like, um, the regional differences, the language differences. So even that causes some tension, even in America, I feel. Yeah, because, um, and I think along the way that uh, we just like need to embrace different cultures because I know for a fact that um, over time, like people in my school, they want to get away from their own culture because they want to blend into it. But I think that we should just like, embrace our own culture and let other people embrace their culture and in a way we're just connecting each other agreed yeah that's definitely one way to go about it and by learning about other cultures you can become very like fascinated by them and that's why there's like this constant discussion of um cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation like um there's a lot of controversy for example around like um dreads which is um i think um, originates from like black culture and there's like always um, this issue if like other like um, races can wear it and how much it means like the black community and just like I feel like taking things away from different cultures is not the right way to go about it but it's definitely okay to appreciate it and learn about it. I agree with that because um I think we've gotten to the point where many people, they say that they accept other cultures and they want to hear their voices. But over time, that them hearing their voices, they don't listen to it anymore. It's just, oh, I, I know who you are and that's it. Um, I know your culture. I know what language you speak and that's it. Nobody goes into the deep roots of something. So if I tell, I think I've still heard this um quote if I go up to another person and say oh I'm from India my family's from India and I was born in India they'll say oh I've heard you speak the language of Indian and I think I just hear that so many times it's become almost funny but of course it's not and I'm just wondering how um like we need more education about different cultures and I think that's why ethnic studies became a thing because we're so against learning about new cultures we need to like actually go into the deep roots of everything and find out why something happened yeah that is like this issue nowadays because like certain states like florida for example they have um like these bills that want to like ban certain courses from college campuses like women's studies or jewish studies or ethnic studies which is like kind of insane or bizarre if you think about it because um, college is all about learning about these things that you can carry with you your entire life and subjects like ethnic studies are really helpful like um, maybe people don't feel like it's as like um, lucrative and like the job market um, I mean that's debatable but it's definitely like helpful because learning about different cultures makes you a more well-educated person you can connect with other people and I think like in our education system, that is a problem. I feel like um, if I think back to what I learned in like elementary school, it was like California history, which was cool and all. And then it was like seventh grade was world history. And that was like the only time I kind of felt like, okay, we were sort of seeing representation of other cultures, but not really. It was still like more from like this European perspective. And then like, again, we got this like repeat of US history, like for three years. So I definitely think, think like taking a class like ethnic studies should at least be an elective, if not a required course. So people who are interested can learn about, 
you know, different communities. Yeah, I think that's definitely a really big thing, accepting different communities. But I think I think we should look at the positive side of things too. I think definitely from 20 years ago or 10 years ago, we've um, established a more deeper understanding of people, especially with the PLM, um, police brutality stuff and um, this understanding of how we can combat homophobia, Islamophobia and many other prejudices. I think we're finally making a path. We just have to make sure it's not that one step forward, two step um, back scenario that we are often entangled into. Yeah, I do think like this generation can definitely come up with like um, more progressive change. Um, we'll just have to see, you know, how like legislation and like stuff goes in the future. But hopefully, yeah, I think we are on the right path. It's tricky because there's like a lot of divisiveness right now, but it also might be because we keep hearing about it. So obviously we feel that way when this divisiveness was probably always here to begin with. But yeah, I mean, even just like little things like being involved in radio programs like this or, you know, helping out with local nonprofits, it's definitely a way, a good way to start. Yeah. Um, and another thing about uh, going back to representation is that I think representation has become kind of a game to many TV shows. And um, I think that's something people should start looking at. Instead of just wanting representation, we need valid representation, not something that people are using for TRP and TV show views. We need something that can actually make a difference to our beliefs instead of a um, superficial thing for entertainment. Totally agree with you. Representation is also a way to kind of increase like wokeness. And I hope like we'll see more of it. And I think we are seeing more of it. And thank you so much for talking to me about this. Um, um, we are out of time for today's show, but as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thank you to our guests from across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Make sure you stay informed and stay woke. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine.